Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello. Hello. Anyone around here speak basketball? Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Rivas. And who, sir, on the other side are you? Me? Uh, I'm your producer. I'm Matt Duncan. Whoa, I don't know why I went so high there. I must be real yeah. excited for this new season starting up. You know, wow, we got to get... <laughs> one of the creepiest sounds I've ever heard. <laughs> that's uh, we did talk about it, the clown uh, last week a lot. So, yeah, you know, I feel like I'm really uh, embodying the uh, yeah. Halloween flavor, as it will. Yeah, that that was a Pennywise voice <laughs> if I've ever heard one. <laughs> in a sewer grate. Me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I want to forget that uh, and Apologies. never hear it again, please. So yeah. sorry about um, that. No, it's good. Uh, this is a, uh, a Raptors slash NBA podcast. We are hardcores. We are with Raptors Republic. Um, yeah. I have changed my intro to Vision 6-9 for Whoa. the year. Um, I still trust in Maasai, but new year, new intro saying um, for no reason but to just keep it fresh. Uh, Maddie, before we you know start bringing folks in here, um, anything you want to say off the top? I guess the only thing I'll say is that the paywall at Raptors Republic has started up. Uh, again, it doesn't affect the podcast, but the editorials are now behind a paywall. So it's time to contribute and chip in, and we'd all appreciate it. Seems like it's going great so far. So, yeah, just, you know, head over to RaptorsRepublic.com. There's, you know, things you can click there to subscribe. To click on an article, it will prompt you. Or you can do it the old-fashioned way if you like to get your glasses on and just go to, you know, raptorsrepublic.com slash subscribe. You know what I mean? Yeah, get the glasses on. <laughs> I love that. Um, get in there, people. Uh, Samson just put out a, a great article about Precious today. Um, uh, before we bring the two guests uh, on, I will just say uh, it was recently her birthday. Um, so uh, free Brittany Griner. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, familiarize yourself. Um, it's total travesty. Uh, I'm going to keep saying it until she's free. Um, okay, let's uh, let's bring on guest number one. Uh, it's his first time doing the podcast. I've been wanting to have him for a long time. He's a hilarious dude, you know, a great Raptors Twitter presence. Uh, he's with The Score. Uh, he was formerly with Raptors Republic. Uh, all, all sorts of amazing analysis and just like jokes and I'm really excited to have him on the podcast because, uh, you know, it seems like a perfect guest. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Isfandir Baraheni. 
Hey. Hey. I might just put a 16 on this. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is a nice one. Raptors Republic. Raptors Republic. Raptors. Gotta pay you off. Pay that wall. Yeah. Pay that. <laughs> <laughs> listen they gotta hire you for a testimonial listen man uh yeah i mean i'd be right there in front of the line for the raptors of public stuff you know you said i'm funny you said i do the jokes that i feel like that makes me so much more insecure to do this podcast i'm not ready <laughs> okay not ready. i should have said he's so serious he's so Don't joke around him yeah yeah. Um, he's absolutely, <laughs> he'll give you a stern ass face. <laughs> no, I appreciate you having me on, man. It's, it's been a while we've been trying to do this. So, um, yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. I appreciate you being on the pod. Um, I'm really excited to have you. Let's, uh, let's bring on guest number two. Uh, I just did his podcast recently down by two, um, play fantasy basketball with them. He's a comedian. He's hilarious. He's, you know, one of those guys that knows all sports. Uh, he had an insane Allen Iverson casino story in Detroit. Uh, so you got to listen to the podcast for that one. Um, but give it up as loud as you can, even if you're home alone, for Joshua Elijah. Oh, yeah. Today. Now we're on the beach getting high. <laughs> I thought that song sounded familiar. I've been waiting a while to hear that. What's going on, boys? How are we doing? Good, good. Uh, yeah, I feel like your song is like, uh, I don't know, there's a touch of sadness there or something. Like someone's like, someone's driving drunk or something like that. You know? Jeez. <laughs> I mean, I just wanted to point and just do the 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 sprinkler, you know, that's what it uh, that's what it made me feel like. Summertime, summertime. Gotta love uh, the sprinkler. Absolutely, love man. The sprinkler. Have you been? What's going on? Good, man. Good. Uh, speaking of the sprinkler, um, I was a... Uh, uh, the the warm up guy for Family Feud Canada that season just that's uh, right that's nice yeah it was crazy so many episodes it was fun I I, I often dance my way on there and um, you know to pump the crowd up we'd play like whatever and just dance in our seats sort of thing and yeah. if people were looking stiff I'd bust out the sprinkler um, <laughs> I would definitely bust out people would be like I know what's going on this guy's doing the sprinkler <laughs> plus Man. you can do the slow one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man. Love that. Um, I, there's a, there's a few different moves that I follow on TikTok, And one of my favorite ones uh, lately has been the lawnmower. Uh, you need two people, but you rev it up by grabbing your friend's hind legs and then you just start revving it up. And the next thing you know, you start walking around mowing the lawn. It's, uh, oh, yeah. it's, it's tough. Let me tell you. Yeah. Um, I'll let you guys, of, I'll let you guys in strength. on a secret. I, uh, I've developed a dance move recently. I actually am trying to get my wife to do it a lot, but she's not down. She doesn't like it. Uh, it's called the seatbelt. Okay. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Have okay. you guys heard of the seatbelt? Yes. No, I, I no. want to know about it. Okay. So share. Oh, that's pretty good. There you go. I'm there working it on it. It's a prototype. Three it's, simple hey, steps. That's yeah. Amazing. Safe. It's fun. It's safe. It's educational. Damn right. Safety first. I like it. Um, <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's jump right into some Raptors stuff. Uh, sure. Maddie D, good sir. Uh, give me your weirdest, loudest, most bizarre Raptors sting. What's he saying in the queue? Nobody knows. <laughs> someone it. in a hallway yelling something it's echoing a bit too much 
Um, it's Raptors fans assemble. Um, <laughs> but the assemble seems like, you know, the 300 scene. Uh, on the well, yeah. It's yeah. A weird tone. For sure. Upset stomach. Yeah. Yeah. Upset stomach for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, let's start with you, uh, Joshua. Um, mm. uh, I'm saying Joshua. Josh? Hey, it's all good. Either or. Um, okay. I feel like I feel like when people get to know me more, then it's Joshua. So maybe we're on that, Whoa. Maybe we're on that level, okay. right? Joshua maybe. Tree Elijah. Joshua um, Tree Elijah. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Uh, just, um, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, how, just, I'm just going to say plainly, how big of an issue do you think shooting is going to be with this Raptors team? Um, well, like last year, last year, it definitely was an issue. Let's just be honest. Uh, I mean, like just looking at some of the numbers from last year, Raptors are 20th in three point percentage uh, and field goal percentage. They were 25th effective field goal percentage, 27th in the league. Uh, I think they're like 19th, maybe for three point uh, attempts as well. So their issue last year was poor, mid-range shooting uh why i i don't know i don't know why uh nick nurse kind of uh switched things up because that's really just that's really not his style um i don't understand why mid-range shooting was became such a thing and and why we were so poor at it um but i don't foresee that being the same issue moving forward this year as much and i think because it has to do with the emergence of Scotty Barnes, Point Scotty, um, and the mixture of him and maybe seeing Pascal Siakam bringing the ball up the court more often. Um, and not only that, you're going to have, I mean, Nickner said it himself uh, on Media Day and Impressors that like he wants like people like Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes and OG Ananobi like crashing the rack a little bit more, uh, bringing the ball to the rim. And that will open up a lot more catch and shoot threes for people like Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent Jr. Um, I think that's a lot of it. A lot of it will be able to, you know, create more catch and shoot threes. Um, Fred Van Vliet playing off the ball a little bit more is definitely going to help, I think. Um, so I think because of that, the Raptors shouldn't see the same kind of slump that they had last year and the poor shooting efforts that we saw. I could be wrong. I'd love to hear what you have to say about that. I think you're dead wrong. Um, no, no. I mean, it wouldn't uh, be the first time. But I mean, I, I'm I'm a lot more optimistic about this. Uh, I was pretty high on the Raptors last year. I'm I'm even higher this year. Uh, and my sort of take, uh, you know, I'm going to leave uh, some first year here, but like I I think that we're heading into the year with a healthy Pascal uh, is a pretty big game changer for the overall vibe of the team. You know, just. Uh, just read right. on Twitter that Otto will be out uh, game one uh, and potentially Birch and Boucher as well. Um, but Mike sort of, I don't want to be too in between with my take here, but I think part of what the Raptors do and nurse was saying this in, uh, you know, he was interviewed um, uh, for the, uh, on the Raptors show by Will Lou. Mm -hmm. And he was sort of just, just saying that like, we, we don't draft shooters. We bring in athletic guys who can do everything else and we teach them how to shoot you know everyone knows the, the stuff about nurse being a shot doctor so i think it's of kind of a patience thing where we teach people how to shoot that said it's not always linear so i do think it's going to be when, when i say big issue i feel like it's going to be the difference like if the raptors shoot really well i think we're going to have the ability to blow teams out and i think if we don't shoot really well 
we might see some slumps and we might see some kind of ugly games that I think some of those games are still going to win, but closer because we're going to be able to win them with defense, hopefully, which is, what I think so. Right. Like, yeah, we're primed I, for. Um, we definitely have a, a chance to be like a, you know, top seven, top five defense this year, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. Where are you at with shooting this year is Fandir? I think it's the biggest swing skill uh, for this Raptors team this year. Uh, just, you know, just to build off the numbers that Josh brought up, like, Looking at cleaning the glass, they were actually last in three-point percentage on all threes. Uh, wow. Cleaning the glass is a little bit – it refines it a little bit more than NBAStats.com because it takes out garbage time. So they were dead last last year in, in three-point percentage. Mm-hmm. Yikes. They were, I, actually, in the in – the, sorry, this is, this is preseason numbers, so I apologize. This is the preseason where they were dead last, so the shooting hasn't necessarily translated. It's actually yeah, worse. Yeah, the preseason looked rough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, But I will say – yeah. Like, look, I, I get it. I think there is a reason to be more optimistic about what's happening on the shooting front this year. I think adding Otto Porter Jr., which is who's who has been like a dead eye marksman type shooter his entire oh, for career, sure. mm-hmm. going to be a massive part of this. I think the fact that Precious Sachua had the shooting streak that he had to end the season and kind of come into this season just attempting more threes will be a big factor. And then you have Scotty Barnes, who has mentioned yes. like ad nauseum he's mentioned on Raptors media day I think he mentioned it like six times how he's been working on his catch and shoot jumper how his catch and shoot is like a big point of emphasis for him this season so if that can you know at least get up to I would say like a 32 33 34 35 percent on catch and shoot attempts and precious ups the attempts I think we'll have a better Raptors shooting team. Now, that being said, I don't think they'll be elite. I think there mm-hmm. will be nights where they're very streaky. I think there yep. will be, you know, like I said, it's the swing skill for them. It's really like if they end up shooting well for a month, they may be one of the best teams in the NBA for that month. If they don't, they may have to, you know, kind of settle on grinding out games, the yeah. the whole bully ball stuff. And I'm sure you guys obviously read it, but like Samson talks about it all the time, but like it's just – it's this like wrestling type of basketball that they like to play, you know, um, where they're grinding out a lot of possessions. They're trying to get offensive rebounds. I think that will be their bread and butter, but the shooting, it will get better. I do think so. Yeah, a lot, a lot of good points. And I think, you know, one thing that's not said a lot as far as like the uh, offensive rebounding thing is you got to you got to miss a lot of shots <laughs> to, to have those <laughs> yeah. offensive rebounding opportunities. Um, but. I sort of want to jump on what you said uh, about precious and attempts. And I think this isn't talked about enough, not just with precious, but you know, around the league um, is, you know, spacing is a weird thing where, uh, you know, it's about the attempts. And if you pass up those attempts, obviously there's glaring, uh, you know, examples like, like a Ben Simmons, but you know, I even remember in, in the Raptors final run, the finals run, um, you know, fans were all over Danny Green for not mm-hmm. like, hitting a ton of threes. Marcus Gasol but, too. Marcus Gasol. Yeah, yeah. And, but like, if you mm-hmm. watch the way teams guarded Danny Green, they yeah. never, never got to a point where people were like, "Let's leave Danny." Yeah. At, at no point were teams about to leave him from three, and <clears> that was like a reputation that was built up. So, you know, really good point about Precious, I think, because. If he hits a point where he sort of, you know, is 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 not really bringing it from three, and then tries to change it up, like that could be bad uh, from mm-hmm. a confidence perspective. Like, 
it depends. Like, you know, we saw it with Boucher, right? We're in, in the Tampa year. He was relied on for scoring more and then, you know, transfer over the next year and it, he was less relied on. So he was kind of hucking shots for a little bit. And then he's like, okay, screw this. I'm going to meditate. I'm an energy guy. I'm going to make a difference that way. <laughs> Pre- you know, Precious might do the same, but like, yeah, I think that's a, it's a key point there because who's going to pass up the three? Like, uh, you know, uh, what about a guy like Banton? If he's out there, is he going to take those threes? Yeah. Um, what if Scotty goes, he starts this year. Oh, for 20 from three. You know, is he going right. to, is he going to be left open and then still not shoot? I think that's, yeah, it's big. Gary's Gary's still going to fire regardless as well. I mean, we saw yeah. him go through his slumps and he, he will, he will shoot regardless. Um, looking at last year's numbers though. I mean, this is surprising, but the Raptors, you talk about attempts, uh, field goals, field goal uh, attempts that they had last year, they're fourth in the league. Uh, yep. So that shows that they, uh, that they, they put them up. Um, I'd like to see the numbers on how many of those were off of offensive rebounds and cleaning the glass. Like you were talking. I, about. I would, I would imagine a good chunk. Yeah. <laughs> and I, chunk. I, I, I mean, honestly, I think that's just a byproduct. Like that's how they want to play. They've realized mm-hmm. that like their half court offense, which was, I believe 26 last year, um, it realistically isn't going to improve that much. Although I think there is, there is a chance with the better shooting and, you know, obviously Siakam being healthy, there's a chance their half court offense can be a little bit better this year. Um, But at the same time, they know that they got to get these, like they have to win the possession battle every single night just for them to be able to keep up offensively. And on top of that, nurse mentioned something about transition in that will Lou. I was just going to say, yeah. They left a lot of points on the board last year by not finishing in transition well. They they got mm-hmm. out in transition a lot, but they didn't score a lot in transition. And I think that's a huge point of emphasis with a team that's this long, this athletic, that can get up and down the court. And especially in the style that they want to play, if you can finish in transition and be one of the best transition teams it's okay to have a subpar half-court offense. And you can you can kind of survive that way. Yeah, well, well said. I, I think a, a guy like Precious alone, just that kind of combination of skills he has, yeah, um, he'll be the type of guy who can finish in transition. You know, not double, triple, not you know, travel, just like small things like that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he, he's really gonna, you know, be able to kill it uh, in that regard this year. Um, let me uh, let me move on to question two, uh, and I'm gonna stick with you, Isfandir. Um, yeah. Uh, which Raptor do you think is going to change the way uh, that people feel about him the most? So I guess my question is like, does that mean in a positive or a negative way or either? Like, I feel like either like you're, you know, for instance, people think Scotty is going to absolutely just like be, you know, threatened to be an all-star. Right. And if right. he sort of is like really far away from that, are we going to be like, Oh, wait a second, let me reframe Scotty's career arc or, but it could yeah. be yeah in a positive, like, you know, Sure. Uh, I will surprisingly say Fred. Um, And I say this in a good way. I think a lot of people saw the second half of Fred Van Vliet. And maybe this is this is maybe just a conversation for Raptors Twitter, but it seems like there's an overwhelming consensus that, oh, we need to stop giving him the ball. He needs to be off ball more. He needs to learn, you know, to, to be an off ball player. And I get that. I understand why that is. But at the same time, I think we are severely underrating his value to this team by doing that. Um, And on top of that, look, he was not by far, but there's an argument to be had that he was the best shooter in the NBA last season. 
mm-hmm. on top. But better than Steph Curry, better than Seth Curry, better than Buddy Heald, whoever you want to call it. He put up the most shots, and it was the most efficient three-point shooting season of the NBA last season. That is valuable. <laughs> oh, yeah. And on, t- and on top of that, he is, um, I'd say, <laughs> one of the best point-of-attack defenders at the guard position. When he is fully healthy and when he is fully engaged, which he is a good amount of time, I think he brings something that is invaluable to this team. Um, and you really can't find it anywhere else. I think a lot of people will start to realize how important Fred is to this team because it kind of went by the wayside when Pascal came back and Scotty's emergence and then Precious. So a lot of people kind of forgot about Fred at, you know, March and April, especially with that knee knee issue. But right, with the injury, yeah. Yeah, I, I think now it's like, look, you will realize how important Fred is to this team. And especially with that contract coming up, that's going to be mm-hmm. a big incentive for him too. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can't agree with you more. Like it, you know, it, it breaks my heart how people talk about Pascal and Fred sometimes um, like Raptors fans in particular, you know, you expect it kind of yeah. reminds you of Kyle and DeMar, doesn't it? Though? A, a little lot, bit. A yeah. Lot. Um, yeah. It, they they were they were both remind me of of Kyle and Demar in a lot of ways and um, similar to like the the arc of those two uh, I, I've said to to people and you know I get looked at like I'm like like you know wild eye I, I think this is the year that uh, Pascal and Fred are all stars together right um, and what was that what was that 2016 I believe right with uh, for, for Kyle Toronto Red yeah yeah they yeah. like they there was you know. Where they sort of had good seasons, but I think Demar perhaps was injured to begin the season or something. Uh, I forget how it worked when when Kyle went without him, but um, yeah, you know, I sometimes we get stuck with the last image we see, and people forget that Fred absolutely carried this team for the first couple months. Um, you know, no disrespect to OG, who was amazing, but they even forget about Fred's. Uh, you know franchise uh 50 is it 53 or 54 points i think it was 54 54 like we forget about that and to me he's always been uh you know similar to kyle lowry in that the better the team is the more he just is sort of like okay great i don't have to do this but it doesn't mean i'm going to be less effective like yeah, I'm going to get more assists. I'm going to be a better defender. Like he'll find, he'll integrate himself. Like the more talent he has around him, it, it kind of goes back to his college days with Wichita where he's like, fine, all these guys are going to get drafted. They all are more important to me or more important to the league, uh, yeah. you know, than I am. But, you know, I was a part of like that crazy win streak we went on. Um, yeah, I, I, I absolutely love Fred. I think he's going to be insane this year. And, um, yeah, maybe his points go down a little bit, but I think that he's 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 going to hurt people on the court um, in a bunch of ways. On top of that, man, like there is the intangible of him being the leader of that team. Um, totally. And like, yeah, Pascal is the leader, you know, in, in like a Kawhi sense where he leads by example, sort of. But I think Fred is the outspoken vocal guy in that locker room. And that's that's huge. I mean, I don't think there's the heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. The heartbeat of the team. And, and look, like a lot of people will bring up the extension coming up and oh, what's going to happen with that. Of players that are up for an extension, I am the most confident that Fred Van Vliet will get re-signed with the Toronto Raptors. One, because, you know, there's not a lot of playoff caliber type teams that are going to be looking for a guy like Fred in the summer that have money. And the, the second thing is, like, just the importance to the franchise. He is, in a lot of ways, that torchbearer. So 
I mean, all that is just intangible stuff that is way too invaluable and like people constantly underrate that stuff. So it is what it is, but he'll remind people this year. I think so. Yeah. I hope we have like a Fred and dine. Um, you know, <laughs> to, to keep him around and like, you know, I he, think that's already started. I think that's Fred, some Fred and Fred. already been doing that. Yeah. Fred, Fred and Fed. Okay. Fred that's and Fed, maybe. That's <laughs> yours. It doesn't belong I to love it. Fred and Fed. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That has to be like, like buffet style. Like if there's any buffet, like he just gets to go there for free. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mandarin. But yeah, me, yeah, it's like, it's all any Mandarin you're in buddy. It's only 20 bucks. Yeah. You're in. Um, <laughs> But yeah, you know, Fred is, he's such an intangibles guy. He's a citizen of Canada now. Um, But, uh, and and a leader, you know, back to that, uh, that nurse interview, um, you know, he sort of referenced like, like playing, like trying new things like the box in one. And, you know, he talked about telling Kyle, like, Hey, this is what we want to do. And Kyle takes it to the team. That's going to happen with Fred this year. He's not going to be like, Hey, Pascal, here's what we're running. Can you tell the guys he's going to, he's going to, you know, Fred's a point guard. He's going to, he's going to tell Fred. Um, and, and to that end too, I think I'm all for Pascal handling the ball. Thaddeus handling the ball, Scotty handling the ball. But I think that, you know, in a way people are forgetting about that. Fred's going to handle the ball the most oh, of course. and make the most on court decisions. And that will be the best for the team. Yeah. Um, not to say that like, Hey, like different changeups are going to be great, you know, and hopefully let's get him some rest. But um, yeah. Uh, where are you at Josh? As far as uh, like who, who, who's a player you think is going to change their uh, or people will have a perspective change on. Uh, well, just to to build off of the Fred stuff as well, and not to, again, you're absolutely right. Like he, he, people are gonna have to expect him to carry the ball. Um, I think it's just because of the usage rate that they had with them last year, and and just obviously because that was ended up hindering his injury as well. Um, yeah. So he just led that, the league in minutes, and then he it, got hurt. It, it's nuts. So like we just we drove him into the ground last year. So. I feel like that's why we're probably going to see a little bit more mix-ups with uh, with uh, Pascal and and uh, and Scotty Barnes bringing up the ball as well, and then that uh, opens up opportunities for him for those catch and catch and shoot threes, mm-hmm. and then he can obviously display his energy and other factors like being an on-ball defender, um, which is like obviously it's 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 going to be exciting. So I mean, I'm not saying like oh yeah, take him off the ball. I'm just saying like it's probably because of the usage rate that we had last year on him. Um, Josh, can I just say something real quick? Yo. So um, your name on here says Jish instead, and I th- that's completely fine. I like it, but yeah, in, yeah. In, in Persian that means P. So I'm just letting you know. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm just, okay. Every time I see it, I'm like, ah. Oh. You know what? It's funny because in other like I, I in other languages, I, like Jush as well. I think Jush means pimple. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that's the same same language. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, there yeah. we go. So there's so, Jish, which is P, and then Jush, which is Pimple. It's, a, it's actually yeah. Jish. Jish. Um be- gotcha. it all started as a typo because the O was pretty close to an I on the keyboard. <laughs> and then Jish, Jish turned into Jishalish, and then Jishalish Yabish, <laughs> and it just ended up turning out into this whole wow. other thing. So wow. so now it's just kind of like Jish on purpose. Uh Every now and then. I mean, I, it was a handle on another podcast and I just kept it. So wow, never change. Never no, change. No, no, just just doesn't change. There's a steady jish. Steady, steady, steady jish. Steady flow, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for looking audience. out for me. I yep. don't want to be. Uh, he's, he's pissing everywhere. Pee bag over here. Um, <laughs> a big old bag of piss. Uh, so for me, it's, <laughs> it's uh, 
<laughs> I'm yeah. sorry if I just threw a wrench no, in the no, podcast no, 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 with no, that. No, no. Uh, You're good, my G. You're good. I had never, um, never be sorry about pee-related jokes. Uh, speaking of P, I'm going spicy P. Uh, I'm nice. going uh, huge, huge. I'm going past Chelsea Ackham, and uh, here's why: uh, we missed our deadline to extend him, uh, which was recently. So he, uh, I believe, the number is we could have given him three years, 125 mil, um, and we did not do that. So because uh, I guess now he's betting on himself for a potential supermax extension so if he makes the if he makes an all nba team then he qualifies for that super max so why the hell not would he be playing out of his goddamn mind this year and and reach new heights as well i i I love i love the idea i mean why why not freddie and and spicy p making it to the all-star game together um i i think i think Pascal Siakam, I know Freddie, I know you're really high on him as well. He's going to have an incredible year, man. Uh, I can yeah. feel it already. And, and like you mentioned before, just him starting off the season healthy and not having to work his way back into team chemistry come November or December um, is going to be huge. It's going to be huge. And it's going to help us on defense as well. Like the Raptors started off brutally on, on defense last year. And then we ended up finishing something like seventh within the, the final, the final second half of the hour, the second half of the year. Yeah. So yeah, I think Pascal Siakam is, and on, the internet loves to hate on on Pascal. They, they everyone thinks that he is overrated and all all those jokes about him just being a fidget spinner. And I mean, like I think I think he's got something to prove. Um, it is absolute slander to see his two K ratings as well. I mean, I know that's not for real, but like it is fucking slander. Um, but for me, I think. Pascal Siakam is going to have a huge year. Um, he's got something to prove. Um, I mean, he made the all NBA third team last year and that's with him being injured for a bit. Um, yeah. I don't see why not his ceiling can't be any higher uh, than, uh, than, than what it was last year. So um, yeah, sky's the limit for him. I think he's going to have a breakout year. Love it. I love it. Um, mine is, uh, it's also a positive. Uh, mine is OG. I think, um, you know, the, the, OG is going to take a, a a big step or, you know, he's going to level up has been a running joke for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not even saying that he's going to take some like quantum leap, but I think he's at that point in his development where um, it's incremental, but you know, the, like every little bit that's like, you know, he improves is just going to be that much more visible on the court. We saw a dash of it in that, in that Boston game, what he's capable of, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, like he's what he's capable of in terms of defense and offense. Like he was just right. all over that game. Obviously it's preseason yada, yada. But like, I, I think that the biggest thing he needs is to play more than 43 games. And I feel like back to my, I've made this point so many times, but having a healthy Pascal to start the year, the trickle down of that is just going to be more flexibility for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, some of the best, some of the better offensive performances we've seen from OGF come without Pascal in the game. And I think he's ready to bring those at the same time as Pascal. And when I say like the, you know, change, I sort of go back to, and this isn't like any slander whatsoever towards Scotty, but I think uh, OG has, you know, with those rumors about like needing the ball more, et cetera. I think he's going to take it a little bit personal that people think Scotty's already better than him. And he's going to like reclaim his spot as the third best player on the team. Um, You've been loving this take. And uh, I've been going pretty hard on this take. Um, yeah. And it's not it's not a like a like slow down on Scotty as much no, 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 as it is like 
don't forget about OG being such a well-rounded player. And I know he can't dribble or pass like Scotty, but the guy can shoot the hell out of the ball and he can lock down anyone. And, you know, I just think he's a special player. Um, I'm going to be honest, man. I think, I think OG is currently still the better player over Scotty, but I agree with you. Me too. I feel like the it is a little bit haste to jump and be like, oh, Scotty's already better than him. I think there's no. there's tantalizing skills. There's like yes. the enamor being enamored with what he can potentially be, and that's totally fine. I think yeah. Scotty will, and a lot of people have said it will end up being a star in this league. But mm-hmm. will end up being is the key part of that sentence. He's not currently yeah. a star in the league, and I think yeah that that that'll happen over time. And OG right now is is one arguably the best defender on the team and two he is maybe the second best shooter no he is it's either him or gary but he's probably one of the best shooters on the team um he's working on developing his own shot every year that's gotten a little bit better although you know last year he had some think kinks in in what happened i think the biggest thing with him and to your point freddie is like getting healthy being healthy, having a yeah. full season where we can see it all happen and unfold because it hasn't happened over the last two seasons. And, you know, I, I don't think a lot of that was his fault. You know, he's had knick or knack injuries here and there, but like just stay healthy and then we can see what we have here for the year. So, yeah, because and I think, you know, well said that it, it is, you know, it's important to say certain guys struggle with uh, health in terms of like, you know, it's always the same thing and they can't get past a certain injury. OG's had all sorts of stuff like yeah. you know, broken finger, appendix, obviously mm-hmm. ACL in college. But, you know, it's different things. So I think that's important to remember. And, sure. you know, I think he's sort of like he carries himself like he's a bit clunky. So maybe he's like hard on his own body. Like I, I just saw someone say he's he's the heaviest person on the team this year. I, yeah. I just tweeted that. that. Yeah. That was, that was yeah, like yeah. an hour ago. He is 250 pounds and he's the heaviest player on the Toronto wow. Raptors this season, which is surprising. Cause he's like, when you see him in person, he does not seem like 250 pounds and he does not seem like he's the heaviest player on the team, but that's yeah. wild to me. Like yeah. not even like Kem Birch. Is LeBron no. under that too? No. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Kem is actually the lightest player on the team, 110 pounds. <laughs> Believe it or not. Somehow, but... some way, yeah, the guy's 110. It's yeah. absolutely wild. Uh, his jeans are uh, size zero. So, uh, <laughs> so absolutely insane. Um, but uh, let's, uh, okay, let's jump into some NBA stuff, get sure. a bit silly. Uh, Maddie, if you would give me your uh, your weirdest Weird Al NBA sting. This is Adam Silver. Classic. And Maddie D, please also come on in here if you don't mind. Okay. Um, All right. Hey. All right. What up? What up? Um, the amazing Matty D, everyone. Um, he's gonna answer this question first. Start oh, us off God. in real. Yeah, no, we go. I, I, that, that's what we're doing now, Matty. We're leading this segment with you, <laughs> just so it goes off the rails right away. Um, <laughs> Matty D, uh, today is opening night for the mm. NBA. If uh, if you got tapped to um, plan opening night. Like what's what's going down? What's the vibe? How are you marketing it? Like what's what is opening night now <clears throat> under Maddie D's purview? Um, wow, okay. So I was kind of thinking a little bit further ahead of opening night. 
So what I wanted to do was I want like the first week to be played entirely in Canada. I want it to cool. be in different places across the country. I want the NBA to show that they love Canada. We're champions here. So every NBA, so every game. Of, <laughs> yeah, teams would love that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah just to really rile everybody up that that Golden yeah, State first... ring ceremony in Yukon. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, kicking it off that's in talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I want to see these guys on the edge of the Hudson's Bay, like, sure, in sure. warm coats. Yeah. I want to yeah. see that yeah. for sure. Yeah. I'd like to do uh, something like that. Start it off. You know, it doesn't have to be every year, but let's do some, you know, Canadian content to start off the NBA season. I think it'd be fun. That's so yeah, funny. I think, That's you know, cool. our, our market is way bigger than the U.S. market, and we can make that happen for sure. Awesome. Um, great idea, uh, <laughs> especially with how much the NBA uh, players complained about NBA All Star Weekend in Toronto and how cold it was, and then a, yeah. Yeah. a whole week, and then they have to go play yeah, yeah. Yellow Knife. Like, come yeah, on now, this is good. This is good. Um, uh, okay, uh, let's let's go with you. Uh, let's go with you, Josh. Um, what's your what's your plan here for the NBA opening day or opening week? Um. I mean, I guess mine just is more or less looking at like practical stuff and just looking at our matchups that we have tonight. Like you have, you have the the 76ers in Boston and then you also have the Lakers in Golden State facing the Warriors. That's safe. That's really safe for me. Like, I don't know, like obviously like you got to play the Lakers. I mean, I feel like with Golden State, they got to have their ring ceremony, obviously. So yeah, so it's a home game. But like, why does it have to be the Lakers? Why does it have to be Philly? Why couldn't it be like the Heat in Boston? Uh, why couldn't it be um, the Mavs in Golden State? Like the team that lost to them in the conference finals. And then yeah. you have to see that team put on the put on the hardware. Like, why can't that be something? Uh, what or like if if we are just going with like like. I guess storylines, if you want to progress like different storylines and things that we've been following over the off season, why isn't Brooklyn playing in Philadelphia? Why, why isn't it a Cavs T wolves to kick it off? Like I want to see Donovan Mitchell face up against, against the bear, yeah. you know, like, I mean, like these are storylines that we've been following all summer. Uh, that's what I want to watch on opening night. Like where, where are the writers here? I, I need them. I, I need <laughs> yeah. a, a stronger opening. Yeah, we need we need some season. WWE writers. <laughs> it's uh, funny though, because like the NBA writes itself. It's a drama show. Like, did you guys see Draymond Green is releasing a documentary about the punch what? already? Already. <laughs> oh it's a God. drama show. This is like it's <laughs> planned reality TV at this point. They are the, the WWE. Yeah. So like I don't know, That's man. Awesome. I agree with you. I I don't know how they're not like leaning into it more because if this was David Stern's NBA, he would want 100 percent be leaning yeah. into it you know um, like brooklyn needs to be playing in philly tonight that's yeah. that's that's the opening game or i, I mean like i want to see i want to see the Cavs in minnesota or something like that like the lakers and golden state that's just it's too safe it's too safe why like lebron doesn't need to open it up uh opening night i mean they, they did make the playoffs last year so why are yeah. they why do they get opening night it's the same thing with christmas the same thing with with christmas games as well it's always just the biggest markets and you know the the safer teams um that people you know are probably going to want to watch but you know it's the same thing i mean i think they should definitely mix it up and those are some of the matchups that i wish that they would have started off with mm. cool cool uh you know very very valid point i think people are always frustrated with uh the markets dictating you know 
who plays what. And um, yeah, I, I think there's definitely some validity to uh, the narrative, the narratives being, you know, leading the way. Um, uh, okay. Sfandir, what's your, uh, what's so, your opening day uh, choices? Yeah, or choices? You guys, you guys kind of inspired me a little. I'm going to do a little fusion. Okay. Um, I, I originally thought of this idea for Christmas and the Christmas slate games. And I think it, it probably makes more sense for Christmas, but opening week, pick one location and play all the games in that location Hmm. as if it's like a bubble, but not really a bubble. You're not trapping the players inside one spot and telling them to do whatever they can Mm -hmm. roam around in the city. So let's say you pick New York. Every team goes to New York. They play the first week of basketball in New York and it's, you know, opening week in New York, opening week in, unfortunately one year, it'll be opening week in Salt Lake city, you know, opening week in, in Indianapolis, but like at least, you know, you have yeah. that rotation every year. Yeah. And I think it would make sense to do that on Christmas where it's like, all right, the defending champions will host Christmas. Every other team goes to that stadium. They play or arena and they play the Christmas games there. But, you know, I don't know. I like it for opening week too. So a bubble type thing, go to one location, play the games. And, you know, the NBA is playing with the whole midseason tournament idea anyways. So Mm -hmm. who knows? Maybe that's a way they can incorporate it. Do they do they pair that up with the city that is doing the all-star weekend? So if it's if it's all-star weekend in Chicago, then uh, then it's also opening weekend in Chicago. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, That's I mean, fun. look, I, I, I didn't iron out the details. I think that works. Yeah. <laughs> What's the details here? Like, we got we got to start. We like, look, we're we're handing out contracts, man. Um, there it is. I, I love it if it if it's really bad in the opening. Uh, the the team the team can get their all star uh, taken away. It's like man, <laughs> things didn't things didn't go well yeah. in Memphis. So, yeah, we're, uh, so we're going down to New Orleans. We're, yeah. yeah, we're gonna we're gonna change this. Um, okay, mine is uh, just uh, you know I I think it's kind of cool. We have the ring ceremony. But uh, I feel like it would be it would be nice to kind of like, in like you know like let that build a little bit more, and uh, I'd like to see like a presentation of all of the major awards, uh, and those teams have games on opening day, so you could build up to like you know whatever first games like six man, um, which you know maybe you combine a couple because I think if it's yeah. like executive of the year, people will be like what's going on, um, <laughs> but yeah. you know like build up to like MVP and then sort of like let let the person get their flowers. Um, And then obviously, you know, if you can pair those games up too, where it's like, you know, so-and-so is the six man, this is defensive player of the year and like have those both be on the same day. is kind of cool. But uh, also just to sort of steal from Maddie's idea uh, uh, and also do my own fusion here. It would be kind of cool if uh, places that have never had an NBA game, like every team, uh, I'm sure that like the 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 TV markets would hate this, but like just games all around the world. Like the first game is you know like uh, like every continent. Mozambique. Uh, my, yeah, Mozambique. You know what I mean. Get get those Mozambique crowds out. You know what I mean. I've had enough. Um, uh, French Guyana, Suriname. You know what I mean. Like let's yeah. let's, let's let's do it here. Yes, that's um, a scheduling nightmare. But yeah, no, that <laughs> yeah, everyone would hate it. People are getting like stuck in like uh, whatever yeah. um, hurricanes and different yeah. airports and shit. Um, two a.m. Yeah. game, two a.m. game. Yeah, the times too. Yeah, my yeah. idea fell apart. Hard. Um, it's all good. No, I like it. I like it. It's just there's uh, there's issues that we have to address. I guess if we're gonna yeah, make this yeah. happen, you know. So. Yeah, my mine just packed full of logical uh, issues. Um, okay, let's uh, let's do the last question here. 
Thank you, Maddie. Um, uh, Let's go to you, uh, Esfendier. Um, So this is, uh, yeah, this is sort of like, I I want your like hottest take that you feel like ultimately, you know, you actually do think is going to happen, uh, you know, in in the league. Um, So, you know, I guess like wild, but you, you know, it has to still be a thing within reason. Yeah, Yeah. Within reason. Yeah. Um, I, I put my hot take on, on Twitter the other day and a lot of people were pretty mad at it. I think the Cavs are going to be the number one seed in the East this year. Um, Ooh, yeah, I, I, the reason I think is just like, look, Donovan Mitchell is going to a team that is like a younger version of what the Utah jazz were Mm -hmm. essentially Jared Allen and Evan Mobley in a lot of ways, defensively, they can do the same things Rudy Gobert did, but Evan Mobley adds this versatility that they didn't have in Utah on on top of that. Darius Garland is a younger and better version of Mike Conley. Excuse me. So now they have like the, the essentially the exact same team that Donovan Mitchell was successful in generating a lot of regular season wins. So I think it's pretty much a seamless transition for that team. And they were already really, really good last year. They probably would have finished top six last year if it weren't for all the injuries that they got hit by. Um, so I think they do end up being f- first in the East. I could be wrong. I could, this could totally not happen, but my hot take within reason is that the Cavs end up being first. And I'll add another part to this. I, I think the reason I say one of the Cavs or like another team is going to be first in the East is because Boston is going through that whole coaching issue with Ime Odoka. Mm-hmm. They might get off to a slow start. There might be some speed bumps here and there. They'll still be a good team, but there will be speed bumps. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, they're an older team. They're definitely preparing for the playoffs, so they're not going to go all out in the regular season. Yep. James Harden is going to rest a couple of games. Uh, P.J. Tucker will rest a couple of games. Joel Embiid will rest a couple of games. So they're not going to go all out for the first seed in the Eastern Conference. Same thing applies to the Milwaukee Bucks, who are who are starting to have an aging core. Chris Middleton isn't isn't uh, healthy right away to start the season. They hurt. And they hand, don't have right? it. Or- yeah, yeah. So like, I don't think there's like this surefire team for first in the East. And I think that gives the opportunity for a team like Cleveland or heck, even Toronto to go ahead and end up being first in the East. So, yeah, that's why I say Cavs get the first in 2022-23. In, uh, uh, I, I like that a lot. Um, I think the the Donovan – I honestly think, um, you know, foreshadowing my own take a little bit, I think the – the Utah dismantling is going to have really important ripple effects uh, in the NBA. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not sure I'm saying this uh, on your pod, Josh, like, you know, this is probably being too high on Mobley, but is there another team in the NBA that has four people who realistically think they can be an all-star this year um, other than Cleveland? Like, no, you know, no. I mean, like, you could have teams that are like at three, like you look at Philadelphia, for example, you could have Harden yeah. and B sure. and Maxi even like sure, if you yeah. have a breakout year. I um, guess with the Raptors, you can do three, right? Scotty, Pascal. Yep. And then you if you want to OG see and Fred, yeah. Yeah, you don't see four. Yeah, four, four is tough. And, and I think Mobley is a pretty big reach, but, you know, because that, that would require a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And... Yeah, I don't think he's a particularly flashy player, so that would that would mean people like like looking at his defense and everything. But yeah, I, I think that's a great take. I think Cleveland is also going to be the type of team that goes for that record hard, similar to the Raptors. Like they're not going to rest anyone; they're going to really try and win as many games as possible. Yeah, um, Josh, what's your uh, hot take within reason? 
Well, I mean, I just even like that take too, uh, and especially the way that you uh, describe each team's uh, motive, I guess, throughout the year. Um, I think that's probably the key as to why that actually could hit. Um, I would look it up on different sports books and see what odds you can get on that because that probably <laughs> could get you a pretty yeah. nasty return. So, uh, working yeah. the betting angle, I love it. You, you better believe I'm looking that up in a couple minutes. Um, <laughs> love it for me. Uh, and this actually piggybacks off of uh, when we had you on our pod and we were doing our NBA win total over unders and uh there's one that i mean if we're going to turn this into a hot take and one that i kind of like to ride here i think the sacramento kings are going to make at least the play in tournament damn right i think i think this is it what has it been like 16 seasons they're gonna get some sort of playoff berth this year whether it's playing it's playing there's they're not gonna make it to the sixth seed i mean hey (laughs) Who knows? But I mean, you have to look at it this way. And this is something we were talking about, Freddie, is that like, you're right with Utah, there is a ripple effect and other teams that are are tanking for Webanyama, um, if I'm even saying that name right. So you are, I mean, you are, yeah. you look at you. So let's let's take a look at those. There's five teams that aren't going to make a play in tournament seed to make that final 10th spot. You got Houston. You got OKC, you got San Antonio, and you have Utah. In my mind, those four are 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 out of contention. They're kind of in maybe not Houston, uh, but we are. But they're kind of in that tank for that number one seed. Um, that leaves Sacramento right there, uh, and it's for the taking. I, I took them on their on their win uh, on on the over for the win totals. Um, I think you know, especially just like small pieces like like Kevin Herter or Malik Monk that they've picked up, and then the uh, eventual emergence of Keegan Murray. Um, I, I you get a full season of De'Aaron Fox and and Demontis Sabonis. The pick and roll is going to be a lot of fun. Um, I think that's I think this is one of the teams I'm I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be excited to watch this year. I also have Sabonis on my on my fantasy, so that's always going to play a factor as well. But <laughs> I think the Sacramento Kings can end this drought. I mean, it's a lot easier now because there's ten spots to to get some sort of a berth. But um, yeah, I think I think that they'll at least make a stride forward this year, and I do think that they will see some form of playoff action. Um, I'm not sure how hot of a take that is, but it is a take. Um, and you know what? I think it's just it's about time that this uh, that this uh, franchise takes a bit of a turn before they lose their fucking team. Uh, they have a new head coach <laughs> as well. So uh, there's also that as well. I mean, new new coaching. Um, yeah, I like the Kings. Let's watch him. I like it. I think saying the Kings won't be bad is a hot take. So you're, <laughs> yeah. like just in general, I, I actually agree with you. Well, I uh, mean, yeah, San Antonio last year got a play in spot and they're bad. So, I mean, like yeah. it's, it's, I'm not saying that I'm not saying they're good. I just say they're going to be good enough to maybe make it into the playoffs. It's funny though, because like, like the one year that they might, be better off tanking and trying to go for Wembenyama. They're actually going to be solid and they're going to maybe, I agree with you. I think Sacramento will probably get that playing spot, but it's funny that it turns out that way. It's like, they probably shouldn't be good this year, but they will be good. They're not even good at tanking. Like it's, (laughs) that's so Sacramento of them. Uh, But yeah, no, I I think it's about time. 16 years or however long it's been. That is too long. Um, They, I think they, they think they, they're, they're a better team than they were last year. Um, I, I, they're, they're, they're going to be fun to watch. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be up late watching them on the 10 p.m. game. So, um, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, man. That's, uh, that's shout, cool. shout out to the capital of California, baby. Um, <laughs> yes. Okay. Mine is very uh, similar similar to you as Fandier. It is uh, basically the exact same logic, except it is for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And the yes. Wild. 
Wow. Um, I think I that I don't think they're going to get the one seed because I think that there's a couple other teams like the Nuggets or, you know, who knows? Like maybe I, I, it's hard to say who else, but I think the Nuggets are going to have a really, really good record. But uh, by my main here's my main like like super hot take about it. I think there's going to be parts of the season where people are talking about uh, Towns as an MVP candidate. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't think he's going to win it. Uh, I don't think he'll deserve to. Uh, but I do think that uh, Gobert is going to just raise the floor of that team so high. Yeah. Um, and I think Ant-Man's going to develop. But I also feel like there's going to be this sort of, you know, similar to my Raptors question, uh, like with the way I'm thinking about OG and Scotty. I think there's going to be this perspective thing where people are going to be like, wait a second. Towns is still better than Ant-Man. Ant-Man's yeah. coming. But Towns is one of the best shooters for, you know, like a seven-footer, yeah. if not the best shooter. Like he, people are going to yeah. start to be like, wait a second, is this, is this like a when Dirk got Tyson Chandler sort of thing? Yeah. Like I, I feel like you know, there's going to be massive defensive issues. People are going to blow by Towns all the time. Um, being big in a small league is going to be weird. But similar to the Raptors, I think they're going to be like a curveball or uh, like I was sorry, not a curveball. What's uh uh, screwball. I screwball. think team teams change are gonna be up. Play- I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. teams are going to be playing a certain way, and then they're going to play uh, the T Wolves. And you know, Chris Finch is also a good coach, right? So they're they're going to play the T Wolves, and they're going to be like, wait, wait, what? What is this team? Right. Yeah. Okay. The, I don't understand here. Um, and they're going to win a ton of regular season games, and they're not going to be resting, and they're going to be trying to win as many games as possible. So yeah, that's that's my that's my hot take. I think within reason. Here's um, here's my thing about the Timberwolves, though, is that and I'm not sure if you guys have seen the footage, but uh, have you seen their perimeter defense and cat on the perimeter? Yeah, I think he was just talking. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, I know. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. But especially he, with a team that has been at the bottom of defensive rankings year after year after year and you go out and get Rudy Gobert. Now you have a different set of problems that spooks me um, yeah. when it comes to the Z-Wolves. But people, people do, are going to blow by towns. 100%. Yeah. But I, I will gonna, say, I will say that's something Rudy. Rudy is used to. Like, look, the U- Utah's perimeter defense was also pre- like not good at all. And it was predicated mm-hmm. on guys getting blown out and then Gobert just cleaning it up. So yeah. maybe yep. the same thing applies here in Minnesota. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, who knows? I love that take too. I think I th- I'm high on the Timberwolves. I think like, again, like the, oh, like the D Mitch thing, it's like seamless transition. They're going to work out well and they're going to win a lot of regular season games. Cause Gobert just helps you win a lot of regular season games. Mm-hmm. Also, maybe I'm just like in love with teams that are experimenting. Uh, yeah. So that, that, that could just be a thing because I. It's our Raptors nature, man. It's our it's Raptors, our Raptors nature. And like, I'll put my hand all the way up and say that I thought that Boogie and AD was going to work. Um, right. So, I mean, who, yeah. why wouldn't you? Who, who didn't yeah, think that was like, going to work? Everyone hey, on, New hey, Orleans thought fair. it was going to work. Way back in the day, I, I said Eddie Curry and Zach Randolph was going to work for the Knicks. <laughs> that was a so, fun team, though. Yeah. Look, no, Boogie, Boogie and AD did work, though. It's just eight, Boogie blew out his Achilles and it was yeah. done after that. But yes, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. The double big experiment is something that is becoming more and more common in the NBA, too, because last year the Cavs did it with uh, Allen and Mobley. Mm-hmm. This year is obviously obviously um, with Towns and Gobert and then, you know, Sabonis and Miles Turner. That was another example of it. So mm-hmm. we'll see. It, we got to circle that on the calendar with the Cavs and the T-Wolves. I'm telling you, that should have been opening night, but that is going to be a fun matchup. <laughs> and there's going to be yeah. two of them. Uh, I'm definitely going to be watching both of those games. For sure. Yeah, that, that one's chock full of matchups. Mobley, Towns, Allen, yeah. Gobert. Yeah. Um, 
okay let's uh let's wrap this baby up um uh i'll, I'll bring maddie back in here but um first uh let me go to you as fan dear um you know you're you're all over Raptors Twitter, I think. If you are a Raptors fan and you and you don't follow him, uh, I don't know. Well, check your algorithms or something. But, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you know, make sure you do. Um, you, what do you want to plug? What do you want to let people know? Um, nothing, nothing really to plug here right now. Just yeah, follow me on Twitter. Um, I'm gonna be doing some changes to career wise that I will be announcing over the next week or so, Ooh, and that's that nice. I'm very that I'm very excited about. And uh, you right know, on. we'll see where that takes me. But yeah, no, I'm I'm hyped for that. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing really to plug or anything like that. Just follow me on Twitter. Follow me along and uh, listen. Uh, another thing I'll say, the Raptors Republic paywall thing is worth it, brother. Mm-hmm. It is worth it. If you like Raptors content, that's $6 a month. You won't even freaking notice it coming out of your freaking pocket. It's it's that good. The content is that good. I'm promising you this. It's it's helped keep me alive, okay? Literally. But yes, yeah, man. that's it. Do it. That's it. Yeah. Get in there. Let me just tell the uh, graphic folks at Raptors Republic, uh, based on my take, you know, replace uh, Scotty with OG, please. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, uh, Josh, what's up? What do you want to let people know? Um, yeah, just more down by two stuff. We just released our uh, latest episode with um, with Aaron Rose, Raptors reporter uh, from Sports Illustrated. So uh, that's kind of like a season preview as well. Uh, we have our betting show, DB2 Bets, that comes out every week. Um, as I got to talk to you, hopefully get you on that for some picks for as sure. well. Uh, we just had Freddie on, so that was a lot of fun. So yeah, just check that out wherever you get your podcast. And uh, yeah, just turn around doing as much shows as possible um, aside from that as well. So yeah. Um, Keep an eye out, I guess. Um, Yuckyucks.com. Um, other than that, um, yeah. Thank you for uh, thank you for checking out uh, any of the Down by Two stuff, and uh, of course, follow uh, follow everything Raptors Republic as well. Thank you. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Maddie D, let me throw to you uh, before we uh, you know uh, squeak in under an hour here. What do you want to let people know? About us. Wow. Yeah. Well, I think these guys handled it for me. Yeah. You know, go to raptorsrepublic.com. Join the paywall. It's fantastic writing. You, you know, the best in the country for Raptors content. So, yeah, please support them. We will remain free here on the podcast. But as I said before, when it first came out, that, you know, that being successful affects us as well. We need it all to work together. So, yeah, go to dongspodcast.com. That's our website. You can also listen and watch there. If you like the segments you saw on YouTube, go to the Rapcast on your favorite podcatcher and subscribe and rate, please, and listen to the full episode there. And yeah, I guess we'll see you after week one of the Raps. Beauty. Um, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, we're excited to, you know, do this. Uh, we joined last year for the playoffs, so this is our first full year with Raptors Republic. Uh, yeah. I've been a, fa- a fan of the site, uh, you know, f- for a long time. Uh, really, like basically since the beginning. So, um, yeah, we're pumped to do this uh, again. Thanks for uh, listening and um, check out all these dudes. Follow them. And Maddie D, if you feel like we're we're done and we're good to go, please just give me those words I love so much. Okay. Okay. Listen to full episodes of the Confederacy of Dunks only on the Rapcast.